you can go and decide what you want to do. So understanding the goal of what you're truly in it for, and not just because someone's saying you need to own 3,000 doors, I think that is the number one most important thing that you can do. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today, Manish Bindi. How you doing, Manish? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show, Joe. My pleasure. Anytime I have a chance to have anyone on with a fancy accent, I always welcome the opportunity. <laughs> A little bit about Manish. He started negotiating and selling real estate at 16 years old with his dad. Since then, he has helped investors purchase over 20 million pounds worth of real estate with this strategy. It's a unique no money down strategy transaction in the UK. So we're going to talk about that. So with that being said, Manish, you want to give the best of our listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. One thing I've just got to correct that the 20 million pounds of property was actually between the first few years of being involved in real estate. So when between when I was 16 and 18 and a half, 19, something like that. Since then, we really sort of brought out the idea of 
no money down investing into the UK back then. Since then, I've made a transition to investing with REITs and really leveraging time and lifestyle with real estate as well by using REITs, using options to control a sizable amount of real estate and also get a very, very good return. So that's been my transition over this period. Okay. So let's talk about how you started and the unique no money down transaction that you did early on. And then we'll talk about what you're doing now. Sure. So when we started, what you could do back before the, the 2008 market crash was you could buy a property and you could, in essence, do an instant remortgage on that property. What that allowed you to do, in essence, is negotiate a really great deal. And then on the day of completion, you'd buy the property with cash and then instantly remortgage it at the true market value. And that, in essence, gave you a cashback. And that was really how I got involved when I was 16, I was watching my dad negotiate deals. And one day I was just sort of watching him and he got off the phone and he said, what are you smiling at? And I said, that looks easy to me. I don't know why you're making it so hard. So luckily, instead of telling me to screw off, he said, well, show me. And then I had to sort of prove it that I could do it. So, and very quickly I started getting really good deals because I didn't have a fear of being attached to any deal. I didn't know this back then, but evaluating it in hindsight, I just didn't have fear because I knew that if this deal didn't happen, I still had to go to school. I still had to do my homework. So very quickly, I started getting better deals than a lot of people that were in the consortium that my dad was negotiating deals for. And then at 18, I was negotiating a block in London's Canary Wharf neighborhood, which is the financial district of London, pretty much. And there was just a deal that was just really, really good. And I decided to get involved myself. So that's when I bought my first properties. And it was three properties in that development out of the 18 that we were negotiating. I got a £68,000 cash back on the day of completion and a quarter of a million pounds in equity. So that's really what we were doing. And to get into that deal, it cost me £500 a property. So it was £1,500 total just to put a reservation down on those. So that's sort of what we were doing back then. And it was pretty easy to do. And obviously, it partly led to the financial crash that happened in 2008 that everyone knows about. It was sort of a part of the pot when it came to the cold storm that caused that. Okay. So since that strategy is gone, right? No, no longer doing that. Yeah. Strategy. It would be very tough for anybody to do that right now. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing now? So that the light bulb had gone out in one of the apartments. And so I said, well, there's spare light bulbs in the cupboard. Just change the light bulb. And he refused to do it. He said on the contract, it says that I need to call you. And I didn't have a management agent at this time because the way that we were buying property, we were buying them for capital growth as well as cash flow. So you've got a very sensitive balance when it comes for that part of the strategy. I understand if you're buying, for example, single family homes, you're really aiming it to be in certain parts of the States as a cash flow strategy. So it might yield you 20%, but really from a capital appreciation perspective, it's not going to do much. Whereas we were trying to do both in London. So I had to drive 11 PM on a Saturday night to go change a light bulb for a guy while, like being, while being a multimillionaire, while having a property portfolio, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So at that point I was very, very frustrated and angry on the way there. And on the way back, I decided that this wasn't for me anymore and I needed to find a better way of doing it. And a lot of people that I was around were involved in real estate, but weren't 
doing the things that I had to do back then, like go and change light bulbs at 11 p.m. at night. So I basically made a decision. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to zero net cash flow. I'm going to handle all these properties over to a management agent and go figure out a better way of doing it. So I started speaking to people, started understanding what they were doing, started understanding what I was missing with real estate. And then I discovered REITs. And then I discovered how to use REITs. We were already doing options. I was trading the stock market. So Mm -hmm. it just sort of came into it as a combination of things and implemented the strategy that we have that we use on gold and silver and the stock market over to real estate, which is amazing to me because most people don't even know that's possible. Please educate us on how you use REITs to get that cash flow and also get the upside on your investments. So a REIT is a real estate investment trust. And in essence, how it works, it's a company with managers who are solely purposed on making you money. They have got to return you an ROI so that they continue to receive your money and other people's money. And so what they'll do is they'll focus and they'll say, okay, I'm going to buy residential property in New York and I'm going to set up a REIT. So now if you want to get involved with residential property in New York, you put money into the REIT, they'll go and buy the property, manage the property, deal with all the headaches of the property, and then give you a dividend at the end of it, which is your cash flow return. So that's in essence a REIT. Now, what I like to do is I like to invest in REIT ETFs. And ETFs are exchange-traded funds. And in essence, these are funds that have a diversified portfolio of a particular asset class. So while a REIT is a particular asset class, it's real estate, an ETF is going to go, all right, there are residential REITs, there are healthcare REITs, there are commercial REITs, there's all these different types of REITs. We need to invest in everything. So for me, one stock purchase diversifies me into eight different real estate sectors across 154 different real estate holdings. With one purchase of a stock, it costs me 0.12% of a yearly fee. I'm in a fund which has $64.2 billion in it. So you can imagine the negotiating power when it comes to going and finding a deal, right? This Mm -hmm. is the other advantage of REITs that most people don't realize. If you're an individual and you go in trying to negotiate a deal that you're trying to hopefully hold on to because it depends on your next year's income versus a REIT or an ETF that goes in with $64 billion behind them, which one's going to get the better deal? It's very simple. And the most important thing about REITs and REIT ETFs is that these are managed by full-time nerds, accountants, lawyers, and statisticians that are looking at the market all across the USA and trying to identify what the best investment is. And the reason for that and why they will never slack, unlike you and I, I remember I've gotten into deals and then I've had to admit that this was a bad deal. Well, if I was them, I'd have a hundred million dollars pulled from my fund. So they don't have the slack that we do as retail investors. So as a result, since inception, they've had an 8.48% compounded growth rate with a 4.52% dividend. Now, that cash flow on the dividend side isn't as much as what you would expect if you were buying single family homes, for example, right. and you're aiming for a 20% cash flow. However, you've got none of the work, you're doing zero effort into actually doing this, and you've got a completely diversified portfolio across the entire USA. So from a stability perspective and from a freedom perspective, it works. And the best bit about it is I'm currently traveling in Bogota, Colombia, and my entire real estate portfolio travels with me on my iPhone. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to do anything with it. It's continuing to generate me money. And all I've got to do is know when to get in and when to get out and what to really invest in. On top of that, 
we have our option strategy, which allows us to generate an extra 12% a year of cash flow. So you've got the compounded growth rate since inception of 8.48%. You've got the 4.52% a year dividend that's coming in, and you've got a 12% a year cash flow by utilizing options and the entire yearly fee for holding this fund and for having all these nerds do all the work for you is 0.12%. That's what I do now. What are the tax benefits, if any? Well, you're still going to pay a capital gains tax if you sell. You're still going to, depending on what country you're in. And I don't really like talking about tax. That's something that you got to talk with a CPA about. But really, it's very, very similar to having your own real estate portfolio. Got it. So REITs do pass depreciation through to their investors? I would highly recommend you guys speak to your CPA to confirm I get, that. No, I, I, yeah, I know. I, I understand that. But generally speaking, it's not really a tax strategy question. It's just a black and white question. Generally, do you know if REITs pass depreciation through to investors? I'd have to confirm that. And simply because I'm based in London, so I'd have to speak yeah, to a little bit CPA. different. Yeah, that's right. right. fair enough. States, well, okay, so what tax form? It probably is completely different from U.S. So, but I'll just ask: What tax form do you receive at the end of the year to show your gains or losses? I'd have to confirm that as well. Oh, okay. All right, because that, that is because, simply because these are publicly listed REITs. So, in essence, you, you are investing through a broker account. Okay. Um, so it's not a private equity sort of situation. Right. Got it. Because one component of it is taxes and with private investments like syndications, investors in the U.S., they'll likely get a K-1 and that K-1 will probably show a loss, although no guarantees, because the depreciation is passed through, assuming that the operator passes the depreciation through. And then it gets recaptured whenever it's sold. So it's not all sunshine and rainbows because then you eventually have to pay it, but it's just years down the road whenever you actually sell the deal. But then there could be a 1031 option so that the passive investors could continue to defer that. So I was just wondering if there's anything like that with REITs, but that's fine. We can. Yeah, I think I think it'd be different simply because, and I'm not familiar with syndication structures, so forgive me on that. But I think it would be different simply because the return is reflected in the price of the stock because it's a publicly traded stock. So mm-hmm. I think it would be slightly different in that sense. I'm not sure with a syndication whether you get full title ownership of the property through a syndication or not. But with a stock, you're not getting that. You're getting the ownership in the stock. Got it. So what are some ways that you've optimized your approach investing in REITs that you weren't doing at the beginning? Well, okay. So before what I was trying to do was I was trying to purchase multiple different REITs, trying to guess the market. It's sort of like trying to pick a stock. And you're going in there going, okay, I want New York real estate. I want Detroit real estate. I want healthcare here. I want commercial real estate here. And unfortunately, that is just like picking a stock. Obviously, different REITs have different risk structures and things like that. And then you've got to get involved like you are picking a stock, which I don't want to do simply because for me, the goal is lifestyle. For me, the goal is to be able to travel, look for opportunities in different places like I am right here in Colombia and still manage my portfolio and still enjoy life. And I don't want to be reading returns, papers, et cetera, et cetera. So what I eventually did was transitioned from finding individual REITs 
to investing in a REIT ETF. And anyone can go and purchase a share of that. The symbol is VNQ. And that really was the set off point for me in terms of really coming up and solidifying not only my investing with REITs, but also the property profits for life strategy that we teach too. So for someone who's never invested in a REIT, what are some questions they should ask about the REIT prior to investing to pick the right one? Number one, it's got to be diversified into at least five different real estate sectors for me. Number two, it's got to and have- And is, is a sector meaning an asset class or market or what? Yeah, like a market. So for example, there's healthcare REITs, there's hotel REITs, there's industrial REITs, et cetera, et cetera. So at least five of them. Okay. Um, and it's got to have at least in those five, 50 different real estate holdings. So you might be in a healthcare REIT, but you've got to make sure that there's more than one building that they manage and it's diversified. <laughs> right. in that. Yep. And then really you've got to look at the provider. And that's why to make it really simple for people out of all the research that I've done and what I do with my money, VNQ is the best one. It's the biggest one. It's the best one. It's the one that's used by most billionaires, hedge funds, and private family offices. So mm -hmm. you can go do your own research, but you really <laughs> done it all. All roads lead back to that one based on your yeah, research. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, cool. And one other thing, one other thing yeah. I've got to mention is the yearly fee because really the yearly fee is very important. People don't realize it. If you're paying a 2% yearly fee versus a 0.12% yearly fee, just got to get a compound calculator out and work out what that's going to cost you over a period of 20 years. It's very important with any investing to get the fees down as low as possible. And that's really my message. And that's why VNQ is one of the best because it's got so much economies of scale. The fees are almost nothing. And that is Vanguard Real Estate Index Fund. Yes. What else should someone know about investing in REITs who's never invested in REITs that we haven't talked about already? One of the main things is that the REITs are lagging indicator to the stock market in my experience. So what might happen is you might say, okay, the stock market's going down and REITs are going to go down. But what you've got to realize is that property moves at a much slower pace than the stock market. You can't just sell in and out of property like you can a stock. So it's important to be much more patient with a REIT than a stock. And so anyone who's had experience with the stock market at all, you know, you've got to be able to react on the fly. But with a REIT, it's important to understand how the REIT's going to perform. It's important to understand when you get into a trade. It's important to understand what type of parameters you set for that trade and then have patience. If you start reacting to a REIT the way you react to a stock, you're going to cost yourself money. Mm -hmm. One benefit of REITs is the liquidity, right? You can bounce in and out with a couple pushes on your phone. Yes, but the problem with that is, is that you shouldn't really be trading in and out that often. With everything that we do at Perfect Portfolio, we want to invest long-term. So we want to be long-term investors in real estate, long-term in the stock market, and long-term in gold and silver. And that's how we approach it. The real thing that we do is hold these assets long-term. They're going up over the long-term. It's a great time right now to be involved in real estate, especially until 2035-ish. It's going to be fantastic. And then for the short-term cash flow, we use options to do that. And we use a simple option strategy to get that working. What we really specialize in is helping people actually execute. We have now coached people in 46 different countries. And our job isn't really to give you a massively creative strategy. I firmly believe after almost 20 years of doing this, 
it's not about the strategy. It's about doing it that matters. So that's what we do. We coach enough people around the world to understand how to make someone sort of successful with this if they're serious and committed as well. You mentioned 2035, 15 years from now. Why would you mention that number, not five years from now or 12 or 20 or three? To put a range on it, because that's what you got to do to hedge yourselves nowadays. I would say somewhere between 2030 and 2035-ish. And that's simply because we're entering the prime spending years of the millennial class right now. They're just about turning 30. They're about to receive tons of inheritance funds, and that's going to go into real estate. That doesn't mean there won't be a correction, but any pullback in real estate will be a buying opportunity until 2035. And you mentioned earlier you're a multimillionaire. I heard that correct. Yes? Yes. How'd you make most of your money? Through actually doing deals. Obviously, I have a business that teaches people how to invest as well. And that did pretty well at the beginning. And then what I realized, the mistake that I made with that was that before when I started, when I was buying physical real estate, I was spending a lot of time actually on the education side of the business and not enough on my own investing. It just happens like that when you're traveling for two weeks out of every month, right? So this time around after 2010, when I started what was first known as Golden Sofa Life before we sort of merged everything into perfect portfolio, was that I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to sacrifice my own investing for any business, not just an education business, but any business. So now we only work with 155 people per year. And if we get those 155 people by March this year, for example, we won't take any more until next year. It's as simple as that. So my main focus now is my own investing and my own portfolio, but I also have obviously an education business and it's not a charity. What deal did you make the most money on? Oh, wow. I can't say that there's one deal. I don't think I've ever had a really big, well, obviously I've had purchases which had a sizable amount of money, but then it was trumped by following my own strategy and the accumulation over a period of a year sort of trumped any one particular deal that came in. And that's what I like to tell people. It's not about one deal. It's about how are you going to do this for the next 20 years? Okay. Just pick one though. Just any deal that you made a decent amount of money. I mean, it doesn't have to be the most. We don't have to know exactly first place, but what's a deal that you made a lot of money on? First deal I ever did was a £68,000 cashback on day one with a quarter of a million pounds in equity. That was a pretty good deal. There was another deal that we did 200 grand on the day of completion. It's just these sorts of things. But however, I do want to stress that the setup of my businesses and my investing made it so that these were momentary periods of celebration because the consistent growth of the business and the investment portfolio outperformed any short-term momentary hikes that we had, basically. And on the flip side, deal you lost the most money on? The deal I lost the most money on wasn't actually a real estate deal. I lost $100,000 in three days. That was in the stock market before I really figured out how to invest in the stock market properly. I was over leveraged on a position and it did not go right. So I was down 100000 in three days. That's the most painful one that I remember. That would be painful. And I imagine that is etched in your memory. Well, we're doing a lightning round. But first, what's your best real estate investing advice ever for real estate investors? 
understand what the goal is. There's a lot of people that are very attracted right now to the ego side of, I want to own 10,000 doors, for example, or et cetera, et cetera. I want to own 50 buildings. Figure out what the goal is first, because I think there are a few people in the world, but I don't believe that everyone that's involved in real estate is truly in love with the actual property. I think most people want the security, want the freedom, and want the future that successful real estate investing can give you. I don't think they're attached to the actual property. So understanding the goal and what you're doing it for is very important because then you can find the right strategy. Then you can decide, okay, do I want to get involved with REITs? Do I want to get involved with a syndication plan? Do I want to go and buy this myself? Do I want to do the work for that? You can go and decide what you want to do. So understanding the goal of what you're truly in it for, and not just because someone's saying you need to own 3000 doors. I think that is the number one most important thing that you can do. Love it. We're gonna do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. First quick word from our best ever partners. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you serious about taking the first step in the gateway to financial freedom? Then join Jake and Gino on a four-week course that will teach you how to become a multifamily real estate investor. Go to jakeandgino.com. That's J-A-K-E-A-N-D-G-I-N-O.com. What's the best ever research tool you like to use when identifying investment opportunities? ETF.com and TradingView. Best ever way you like to give back to the community? Uh, I'm involved in a bunch of different charitable things, but I don't really talk about those. Okay. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? They can go to perfectportfolio.com. I'm sure you'll have a link in the show notes anyway, so they can click on that and come and look at our trainings. Again, what we specialize in is actually helping people generate results over and over again. So once you're a client, you get access to a weekly coaching call for life without any other cost for that. We're really looking for friendships and client relationships rather than just trying to get as many people in as possible. So yeah, come and have a look, see what we have, see if it's right for you. And then we can go from there. Manish, thank you for being on the show, talking to us about REITs, why you champion REITs, and your journey that's gotten to this point, and some things to look for when you're selecting a REIT, as well as the REIT that you like, V and Q. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have the best ever day. Talk to you again soon. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much.